Hey, you're listening to Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. Today is December 10th, 2018. No, not really. But that was the date that we recorded this program. It was a Monday night uh, broadcast. And Melvin Gibbs was my guest, and we were talking about and playing live music from the Art Ensemble of Chicago. What a treat. All right, uh, this is part two of three. If you're digging it, then... Uh, Please do subscribe to Deep Focus and find yourself parts one and part three, and not to mention all the other episodes that we've posted at Deep Focus and all the new ones going up every week. So you can subscribe. You won't miss any. You can find us at uh, mitchgoldman.podbean.com. And if you're enjoying this program, I really do urge you to support these artists, uh, not just support them, like, uh, you know, hey, they need you. We need you. You need you. Uh, you need to have this music in your life. Art Ensemble Chicago, um, I think, still exists, although not with all the members in these groups that we're listening to tonight. Um, but you could find lots of great recordings of them and also of Melvin Gibbs. And Melvin Gibbs is still playing and making music with many of his own groups, not to mention the super band Harriet Tubman and producing and creating. And uh, yeah, do yourself a favor. Don't do it for me. Don't do it for Melvin. Do it for you. Here's our podcast, part two, December 10th, 2018. Melvin Gibbs on the topic of the Art Ensemble of Chicago. Making this music at this level in a way that was digestible i'll use that word without it was digestible without watering it down which is again i'm going to say that again that's for me that's this, as important because you know this music has this kind of connotation that you got to be like yeah you know anything from a uh uh mentally challenged ment- ment- into you got to mentally sort of like ill <laughs> or a snob to get into it but I never, when you checked out the Art Ensemble, it kind of transcended all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, okay, this is a really good, just experience to have. You know, it's kind of like you could take your kids or whatever, and they'd be like, yeah, no, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Lester yeah. Bowie in particular, I mean, I think for a lot of us, we revered this band, but he was around. Yeah. When he wasn't doing Art Ensemble Chicago, he was in New York and playing and bringing people along and and he he was a big thinker. Yeah. And you know, Brass Fantasy, the group that he's dedicating himself to the last bunch of years was such a perfect example of that of I'm going to all this stuff that we all turn our backs to, this pop stuff, I'm embracing it. Yeah. And uh, finding a way to make that mean something for him musically was a, a revolutionary act. Yeah, and but on the other hand, having said that, I mean the thing that one of the things I always vibe out about jazz is you look at the the early days of jazz. How many incredibly corny songs? You know, when you look at the the book, this the the book, the standards. If I were a bell. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, even I've got rhythm. Even it's like a super corny song. And I I always, uh, for me, the one I always vibe on is uh, My Favorite Things. I mean, 
in context, it's like, why would you even touch that song? So for me, what what Lester did years later was in 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 that tradition, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Miles was still doing it yeah. to the end too. And um and then Lester was had a whole hip hop thing that he was getting into that I don't think he ever quite got to get off the ground. No, he did. I did the last time I played with him we, it was that. We played at uh Celebrate Brooklyn. Now, I don't know if that was his actual last gig, but it was the last time I played with him. It was and now that was a fun night. I bet. Yeah. What was uh anything you want to share? Uh it was a nice gig. <laughs> that was a crazy time in my life, so I ain't sharing nothing. <laughs> okay. We'll save that one for uh, yeah. We'll save that one for the uh, the after show. The exactly. Making, the making of the director's the, cut. The director's cut. Yeah. All right, you're listening to WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. The show is called Deep Focus, uh, and uh, and we're showing you why. We are focusing on the Art Ensemble of Chicago. We year is 1977. We're at the Fabrique in Hamburg, which is still there. It's still there. You looked it yeah, up. Yeah, I looked it up, and uh, I think it's um, it's like <coughs> there are a lot of performing arts centers in Europe that are um, not for profit or government run, mm-hmm. that kind. Of, it's one that kind of thing. It is an old factory, and um, something I was thinking about, having been there a couple times a million years ago, I don't remember that place having seats. Do you remember? Uh, the times I played there, it didn't, that's for sure. Uh, played there once with Rollins Band. That was great. And then I went and saw, I think the last time I was in there, no, maybe the last time I was in there with the Rollins Band. I remember going to see the Lounge Lizards there. Huh. And that was a, yeah, They had a, there another one of those places where they'd have a big range of music, yeah. and they might have some cool instrumental New York stuff. They might have some punk band some dance night some reggae thing or whatever mm. one night into another and also maybe kind of place that might have some readings or stage exactly. performance thing or something night to night and then you know the performance would be from 8 to nine thirty. then the bar would open and people would stay till four in the morning yes and um yeah but the idea of uh art ensemble playing in a room with a standing audience is kind of a bracing idea yeah, it is and maybe that's why it could be you know that's why this set is kind of flowing the way it is. You know, it's like it's got it doesn't really have that sort of like, okay, we're sitting down watching a bunch of guys play vibe to it at all this this show. That's one of the things I like about it. Yeah. I'm sure they did also play classical music venues and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And another thing, we were talking about them visually and you were talking about the costumes and everything and you referred to but didn't really talk about they would fill a stage, even a full size concert venue stage would be stuff, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes it was yeah i worked with them a little bit occasionally like unloading those cases and yeah, setting stuff yeah. up it a was lot a, of stuff a lot of toys yeah i mean yeah that's i mean me being the practical person that i am you know now in the days of air travel and <laughs> it'd be hard to do that these days boy but you know yeah. I guess you could do it around America. Just get a truck and drive everything. But getting that stuff on the plane these days, woo. Yeah, yeah. Now you got a, you know, got your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, it's not going to be the, the human element 
You know, it's, it's funny. I mean, not to sound like, you know, some like in my day type dude. But but in my day. Uh, but one of the reasons that guys, you know, my generation of my age are still valid in this age is because we actually know how to give a show that actually comes off of the stage and affects people as opposed to just, okay, it's a laptop and we got a nice little hit song and the vocal is really loud and the band is, you know, the, the track is really quiet. It's just, it's a different kind of experience. So true. Uh, I'm going to ask you in the next break about any opportunities the audience has to hear Harriet Tubman coming up. Okay. So, but uh, let's hear the rest of the set. Uh, we're going to go back to Hamburg, 1977, and we've got some more live, almost never before heard, not found in any discography, live recordings of the Art Ensemble of Chicago. Wow. You're listening to them on WKCR. Thank you. 
Should we talk? Yes, they sound. They do sound like they're on their feet. Yes, <laughs> they do indeed. That was a great show. That was a great show. I have many happy memories of hearing this band. First time I heard them, what I remember was at Town Hall, and um, it was always a. Tr- I, mean, I guess you know, it's interesting. I wonder uh, when they played New York, it felt like it was their crowd, like hometown crowd. Mm-hmm. But maybe it felt like that wherever they went. Yeah, they had that was one of their things. They kind of made everywhere home. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, that was one of the things that was great about them. You know what I mean? And well, hopefully still is great about them. Yes. Seen them yeah, playing, yeah, they're but. still playing. Uh, Lester Bowie sadly passed on, I think, in 1999. And uh, bassist Malachi Favors also has uh, left the planet. But uh, the band as an entity does exist and perform and still summons that magic yeah yeah and they do they do and they not to be missed any chance you get any chance you get to hear any of these guys play yeah is gonna be great and hearing them play together is you will know you're in the right place at yeah. the right time and they've got some ridiculous what is it 31 records or some kind of ridiculous well yeah thing? that's another thing okay so these recordings we're playing you're probably not gonna find <laughs> no <laughs> if you know an obsessive collector of this particular group, they might have heard this, and maybe they could uh, share it with you. But uh, Art Ensemble Chicago has lots of great recordings, a, a big range of them, too, on a bunch of different labels. And if you go hunting, you will definitely find lots and lots of great stuff. Yeah. They also um, took them a while to land i i would say most fans of this group would tell you this is the classic version of the group Mm -hmm. but um there were other versions of this band before these particular yes musicians came together and other versions after all with merit and we have to make a decision usually i talk about this stuff off mic but we didn't so we'll talk about it in front of the kids what are we going to play next? <laughs> uh, let's go for the one. Let's go. Uh, this one? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that one? Yeah, let's go with that. That's a great one. That's a great one. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell the kids what we got for them? Well, before I do that. Oh, before you do that. Well, I did say I was going to ask you, and I do want to know. Harriet Tubman got some gigs coming up? In New York? Uh... I'm. I cannot confirm anything. Okay. If you're outside of New York, we. What's on the calendar? Uh, we're going out to. We're going playing Chicago February fifteenth. We're playing Walker Arts Center in Minneapolis February sixteenth. Hmm, February in Minneapolis. Yes. Well, it's better than <laughs> January in Minneapolis. Let me tell you. <laughs> if you've been in, there. I have. I have. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. That's great. Uh, that's and, great. And we're looking at confirming some stuff in New York for around the same time, but nothing's nice. confirmed. It was just right. now. Watch this space. Where? What's the best way to keep up with what you guys are doing? Uh. Well, I don't know my thebands da- dot com. <laughs> I believe it's Harry and Tubman Music dot com. And you 
guys do the Facebook. And, well, and we have a Facebook page. Harry Tubman has a Facebook page. We have an Instagram account because, you know, you, you, got, it. you got to. And we're on Twitter as well. So you, if you do the social media thing, you can find us there. Our records are on Bandcamp at HarrietTubman.com, which is not the same as our actual website. And you can, uh, oh no, HarrietTubmanBandcamp.com if you want to purchase the music. And you can send us a message there too, I get yes, because there's, there's, a, there's a way to do that. But our official website, I believe, is HarrietTubmanMusic.com. You guys are getting some nice ink with this new release. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because the world, uh, I've, a lot I've been thinking, year, many years ago we went down to Mississippi uh, thanks to the Rockefeller Foundation on one grant that we got, and we spent it hanging out with a bunch of old bluesmen. And in that process we met a man named David Cardwell who owned the record store in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And I remember we went in there one day, and he had, like, in the back against one wall, there was maybe two stacks of records. And he said to me, you see those stacks of records over there? He said, a year ago, that whole wall was covered with that one record that I couldn't get rid of. He said, six months ago, it started selling, and I don't know why, but it is. You just never know. And that's kind of what's happened with Tubman. We've been doing this thing for a long time, plowing our little field, getting our thing together, and you know, all of a sudden, lately, the world has decided that they actually care about what we're doing. <laughs> and you know, I think I think it's a few things. I think it's a lot of it has to do with a certain person who's now in charge of the country, and people's reaction to that mm-hmm. has sort of made it so that people are thinking about their place on the planet differently, which makes them vibrate towards a different kind of music. Mm. That kind of, And a lot of it is that there's a new energy in jazz. you got a new generation of jazz musicians who are thinking about the music they grew up with and are incorporating it into what they're doing. And we've been doing that for a long time, and people didn't like it in the beginning. <laughs> let's, 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 let's just be straight. People, I mean, some people liked it, but the jazz... You know, police mm. were very white. You're not jazz, you know. So, or you're the, the my other favorite one. You guys are great musicians, you know. <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we already know that part. But last, you know, the last couple of years, people have kind of come around. You know, everything is kind of lined up in a very nice way, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great to hear. Yep. See, absolutely. Yeah, I cut you off you were gonna something you wanted to say no I'm <clears throat> I just want to shout out Scotty Hard who worked on the last couple of records with us and it's a big part of the the latest record and you know uh, the teamwork was a big part of why I think you know like regular people like the record so much um, and so I just want to shout him out yeah Scotty Hard man if you're listening and um yeah the the I said this to you the other day I sent you an email. You guys have a sound. And uh, Scotty Hard did a fantastic job of capturing it. But um, there's something coming out of you guys that is utterly distinctive. And um, But the he's got the 
grandeur of it. It's yeah. not easy to do. Yeah, he did a great job. I mean, me and him have done a lot of stuff over the years, and he is, he's always amazing. So, yeah, yeah. We'll be doing more. <laughs> great. Good to know. Good to hear. Uh, we're WKCR. We are Melvin Gibbs is my guest, and we're in deep focus on the Art Ensemble Chicago. We heard a magnificent set from Hamburg. That's fun to say. Hamburg. Hamburg, uh, West Germany, I should say. Well, you know, the most... <laughs> Not Germany, but... You reminded me of the first time I went to Germany, and I realized that there were places called Hamburg and Frankfurt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm kind of right. like, oh, that's why they're called that. <laughs> yeah. German people really like meat, don't they? <laughs> they do, they do, they do. They like their meat. <laughs> Especially uh, those of us that don't eat meat are particularly aware of that. Yes, exactly. And up eating a lot of kartoffeln. Yeah, a lot of kartoffeln. <laughs> and um, uh, we've got uh, we're we're in the neighborhood, but not in Germany. Where are we going with this next recording? It is this is down the road. Another, yeah. Oh right. no, Utrecht. 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 Yeah. Oh man. I mean, apropos of nothing, the first time I was in Utrecht was the first week of December, which, wow, it's right now. It's happening. <laughs> it happened already when they have that crazy Black Peter thing. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So they were like all these, we were going to this town and you see like gollywog figures everywhere. And I was kind of like, I'm in hell. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's right. It, it, that week just passed. Wow. Uh, Utrecht in the Netherlands, and a really pretty town. Yeah, it's a lovely town and lovely people, except for the first week of December. <laughs> except for that second weekend of December. <laughs> what, yeah. I, what I was going to say was that, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. A lot of times in this style of music, mm. the bands don't include piano. Yes, true. And there is a reason for that. Tell us. When there's a bunch of guys playing, well, this is my theory. There's a bunch of guys playing. You can have 20 different guys playing, and they can play whatever it is they're playing. And what you have is a total group sound. Mm. Especially, yeah, absolutely. I think I know where you're going. I'm agreeing with you. And I'm also emphasizing, in particular, with Art Ensemble Chicago, the sonorities of those guys playing together Mm. is complete unto itself unto itself as soon as you add in the piano you have a standardization you have okay this is right this is wrong it has to harmonize with what the piano is doing and that just puts a whole another thing on the music that isn't always for the best in my opinion the intonation is locked in exactly intonation is locked in the relationship between what you play has to fit in what the piano was doing and not vice versa because you will sound wrong. The piano will never sound wrong. It's everybody else is going to sound wrong. So that's one of the reasons I think in general you don't hear piano in these groups. Which however, w- there's a however coming in yes, there. Which makes this particular performance interesting because they actually have a piano here. And we get to hear how you can have a piano in this context and actually hear how it works well so you could pretty much just put any old piano player in with these guys and it would work right it would work (laughs) (laughs) they'd figure something out (laughs) but but we have the great they took you know the great 
uh, AACM original, Mr. Muhar Richard Abrams, and he's in there. So, you know, it's like another level. Master orchestrator, master just the the ears of all improvised music and this language. And one of the few people where that rule of the piano kind of ruins everything. It doesn't apply. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, this is thrilling. This is thrilling. The Art Ensemble of Chicago with Muel Richard Abrams performing. Uh, it's August of 1974, so we're going back yet a few more years. Other than that, it is the same ensemble. Uh, Roscoe Mitchell and Joseph Jarman playing the woodwinds, Lester Bowie's trumpet, and perc- everybody's <laughs> playing percussion and little toys and stuff. Uh, Malachi Favors on the bass, Famadou Don Moye percussion. And um, anything else need to be said, shall we? Uh, no, let's, let's hear some music. Yes, you're listening to WKCR. It's a deep focus on the Art Ensemble of Chicago, another one from the WKCR archives. Thank you. 
there's nothing better about hearing my voice than hearing Muhal Richard Abrams playing with Malachi Favors behind him like that. But I do have to tell you, you're listening to WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1, WKCR.org, and I might as well throw in that I'm Mitch Goldman, and you're listening to Deep Focus, and my guest tonight, Melvin Gibbs. Yes, tis I, Melvin. And our focus is on the Art Ensemble Chicago, and right now we're playing something of such stunning beauty and revelation. We are just uh, immersed here in the studio. Art Ensemble Chicago with Muhal Richard Abrams as their guest in Utrecht, Holland, August of 1974. And um, since I'm here with you, Melvin, and since there was that sublime moment that (coughs) I just stepped all over. I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you as a basis to weigh in on Mr. Favors. Oh, he's a great bass player. He went right over my head when I was a kid. You know, it's kind of, and the reason he did is for the same reasons I've been uh, laying out the last couple of times we talked. He's got like the whole history of the instrument in there. And my history didn't go back as far as his, so I kind of didn't really get how great a musician he is and how his interventions, um, how he built his interventions. They're really interesting because he does a lot of uh, kind of walking bass stuff that doesn't sound like it's walking bass. It sounds like he's kind of just not really keeping time, but he actually is. And, you know, it's, it's that is and isn't thing that he's got that's kind of really unique for you know for guys who even within that realm of music he had a he has a very particular way of of approaching the instrument that I don't you know for you know for better or worse I wasn't able to replicate (laughs) (laughs) you think it's uh overstating it to say that he really kind of is the timekeeper in this group as much as there is one, he is, yes, he is. And, and I think that that's the other thing that's kind of interesting about the kind of ancient to the future aspect of it. I mean, they, they're they playing music. Even when they're like stretching like all the way out, they're not, I mean, and that's the reason why this concert kind of sounds drastically different than the other one. Very much so. Because they have, they play very compositionally. They're not playing, I mean, at the risk of, you know, this this is like a bugaboo that I always have, but at the risk of just sounding kind of, you know, haterish and weird. They're not playing free, quote, unquote. They have a, They have compositional things that they're referring to, they're playing changes in the, you know, you can't hear them, but they are, they have a whole, there's like a whole system back there. So it doesn't fall into what happens a lot of times with, you know, with other guys who play free where, you know, you could put on 10 different records of theirs and you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. (laughs) (laughs) uh, They all sound like things falling downstairs. Because free means I'm just going to do whatever I feel like, which defaults into what you were saying earlier. You have a bunch of tricks that you use and then, you know, you just go through your set of tricks in different order and that's what it is. They, They had like a whole, there's a whole nother compositional layer to what they're doing that makes it 
really interesting to hear and really interesting to hear over time as they when they play the same pieces differently or they play different pieces the same you know it's like there's a, there's there's a different there's there's a logic to it that goes beyond this sort of stereotypical idea of okay we're just going to get up there and we're going to play you know which as you well know that offends me <laughs> and at this point in my life I I I, I don't ha- when I was younger I just would never say it but now <laughs> I will say it you know it's like well yeah I mean and then there's this huge question you just stepped into of how do you play make music in some organized fashion with other people with a program and not fall into very predictable conventions that are received from outside that's a that's or receive from inside. I mean, for me, I mean, it's almost like when you go to some free jazz concerts, it's like going to a blues concert or something. There's a form. It's going to go a certain way. You know, you know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And then I guess, you know, with the blues, at least it was a question of, OK, what is the story and just the kind of uh, personality, the force of personality of the person, you know, you're going to go see John Lee Hooker and it's like, okay, you've heard this thing 50 times, but it's John Lee Hooker. So, you you know, <laughs> but for me, it's kind of like, you know, I go, I'm not going to say any names because, hey, that's unnecessary, but I don't want to hear different versions of the same thing all the time. I want to, you know, why call it free? Just say, okay, we are going to play music that these free in other words what i'm saying is free jazz has a very rigid set of rules and i find that extremely boring and the thing that's great about one of the things that's great about our ensemble and other people who do similar things you know without a lot of the amca guys they make rules that they have to deal with and the fact that they have rules is what makes it that when you go see them you're actually interested so it's you know it's, it's 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 a paradoxical thing, but it's that's really how it works. You just described my radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying, yeah. and uh, there it is. Melvin Gibbs has thrown down the gauntlet. <laughs> well, it's nothing new. It's like you know, I mean, you know, the Tubman is the way Tubman is because of that. That's like we're not gonna. I mean, you know, we're playing just as free as everybody else who thinks they're playing free jazz, but we're not playing stuff that's supposed to sound like free jazz we are playing free jazz <laughs> and, and that's 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 and that's the paradox of that well, i like to think of free free and free jazz as a verb yeah exactly rather it's, than an adjective yeah exactly it's a verb you're supposed to free the jazz and that could mean a whole bunch of different things it doesn't mean that you played away you know Sonny Simmons played or whatever because Sonny already did that he don't need you we don't need you to do that yeah <laughs> you know yeah. You that know. is the point yeah. so Muhal Richard Abrams Malachi favors Magosta on stage August 1974 Utrecht Holland from the WKCR archives.
Het Ensemble of Chicago, woensdag 7 augustus in de Single Concertzaal op het Internationaal Jazz Festival Laren 1974. Yes, I don't know how your Dutch might happen to be today, but. Uh, Mine sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but you're listening to the Art Ensemble of Chicago in the Netherlands. We're back in there. Thank you. 
that is the end of part two of three parts of this podcast from December 10th, 2018. Melvin Gibbs, my guest on the topic of the Art Ensemble of Chicago. I'm Mitch Goldman. And uh, you know you can subscribe to this podcast. It costs you nothing. You'll never get pitched to buy anything. There's no advertising. It's a giveaway. And giving it away to you because you get it. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and Podcast Republic and Podbean. Podbean hosts this podcast. So you go to mitchgoldman.podbean.com. You will find us there. And yeah, subscribe and like us. There's tons of new stuff going up all the time. And let us know what you think. And um, yeah, well, if you listened to part one and that was part two, check out part three. Deep Focus, Melvin Gibbs on the topic of Art Ensemble of Chicago.